Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com as he joins us for this next hour. To join us, 656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent Hubs, how are you? I'm doing well, John. Hope you're doing well, Vince. Hope you're well. Yes, sir. Yeah. And it's uh, it's one. I know that the fact that you, of course, have the eagle that you follow from one week to the next. Hard to believe that we're to week eleven, aren't we? It's turned to the final week of the regular season. Yeah, it's gone fast, and uh, it always does. You know, it's one of those things where um, you, you think at the start of August, man, it's going to be you know pretty long season and the grind and all those things, and you look up and it's over. And um, that's kind of where we are uh, for a lot of teams. You know, it's, it winds up and finishes up this week. And for others, it's an opportunity to move on into playoffs and a, and a chance to make a run and see what happens. But some intriguing matchups this week, um, some key games this week, and, and obviously we get ready to move into postseason play. But, yes, it happens really fast. And as far as the, uh, the big news for the Tennessee program this week, it certainly doesn't come as a, a surprise, but what did you think in terms of the announcement as well as the timing of the announcement that Harrison Bailey has decided to move on and enter the transfer portal? Not a surprise by the timing. Um, I, I think when you look at it, I think the month of November, which is essentially where we are, um, is movement month. I mean, and it's movement month on both fronts, uh, both the school and the player. Um, if you're a player going into the transfer portal, you want to know where you're going to have a potential spot at or not have a potential spot at. If you wait until December, two weeks before signing day, is anybody going to have a place for you? Uh, what do those numbers look like at the schools you might have some interest in? Plus, you want to go through the recruiting process to see if you're a right fit for them. They want to see if you're a right fit. It's kind of like it's kind of like free agency in the NFL. There's that month, you know, or several weeks in the NFL. John, you follow that sport really closely. When you get into that spring period where guys take visits and you have that fast-moving window before the draft, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what this thing is. It's it's kids seeing what's available to me, recruit me, let me go see what you got, let me find the best fit for me. So I, I think that's why you've seen so many guys go in the portal this week from around the country, and I think you'll see that continue over the course of the next couple of weeks. Brent, do you have an early thought on some potential landing spots for Harrison Bailey? I don't. Uh, I mean, I've heard, you know, a couple of SEC schools being floated around. Don't know how realistic that is or isn't. Um, you know, I don't think Harrison Bailey's been talking to a bunch of schools. I think that's just now starting. Uh, I, I think he kind of sent word and, and put out word that over the weekend, first of, of the week, that he was this was going to happen and, and started trying to get, you know, a gauge on some things from there. But I, I don't know. You know, I don't know who's looking at what. And, and, again, I mean, schools right now are trying to figure out what are their needs, too, in the transfer portal, right? I mean, mm -hmm. some schools know that they want a quarterback, but what do they need a quarterback for? 
Are they looking for a guy to be a starter? Are they looking for a guy to add some depth? You know, Harrison Bailey wants to play. He wants to go to a situation where he got a chance to go in and be the guy. You know, can you go in and be a guy where it's established somewhere? Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of things go into making this decision, both on the school side and the player side. So when people ask you, why didn't it work out for Harrison Bailey at Tennessee with Josh Heupel's coaching staff, what's your answer to that? Hendon Hooker. I mean, I, I think Hendon Hooker's a better fit. Um, I, I think Hendon Hooker, you know, fits in this offense better. And, and has been more consistent than Harrison Bailey has been. And, and you know, I'm not I'm not bashing Harrison Bailey. I, I just think that um, it's not a it was not a preconceived idea from this coaching staff that Harrison Bailey was the wrong answer for them or wasn't the best option for them. He went through spring practice. He went through fall camp, and and that's where they landed. Um, and, and this offense probably doesn't suit him the, the way that they want it that he needs it to. I'm sure he disagrees with that because he doesn't feel like he was given an opportunity to show that. Uh, but, you know, he went through spring and he went through fall camp and he ended up as the, the third-team quarterback on, on this roster. And that's where he finds himself today or found himself this week before he decided to leave. You know, you, you mentioned teams and schools have to figure out what they're going to do with their roster. And you asked Josh Eiple yesterday about that subject. How do you think Tennessee – is handling the early decisions and and scenarios and trying to figure out what their roster looks like. Well, that's the crazy part. You know, for, for kids right now, you're going into portal to try to see where the best landing spot is for you. What are the best options? The earlier you go in, uh, you know, before signing day, now September's too early, but, you know, kind of November 1, sort of that day, last week of October, to find out what your landing spot is. If you're a coach, you got to know because you got to know what your numbers are to work with, right? I mean, <laughs> you got to have an idea of what kind of numbers you have. And, and right now, it's a unique situation, too, because you still have the possibility of the super seniors, and the super seniors are going to count against your 85. So now you got number management on both ends. Who's coming back, you know, for an extra year? Who's not? Who's going to leave? Um, who's not? How many spots do I have to take in the transfer world? How many do I not have? So there's a lot of people trying to figure out stuff in the month of November. And, oh, by the, by the way, you got four football games to play, and you got a lot to do to, to get ready to play those four football games. But that's kind of the new November. June is the new recruit, big heavy recruiting month where there's lots of commitments. November is a new month because this is where you get all the roster movements starting to take place. Again, our guest, Brent Hubbs. He joins us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. If you have a question or a comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. Let's check in with John. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Um, a lot going on in the transfer portal. I, I like what the last guy was talking about. I mean, you got to think for Harrison Bailey, um, I mean, what's best for his skill set versus what coaches are looking for? And that's, that's a great point. I mean, I know with the circumstances with, um, with Bailey, I mean, I, I feel like he, here's what happened. He tried and he couldn't get that far because he knew that, you know, it just wasn't in his skill set to learn Heupel's offense or there was some sort of lag or something. Um, and 
you know, it's it's best if he if he can't do it under Heupel's offense, he's got to try to find out somewhere else to go and see if he can't muster up whatever's left of his uh, college career, and then um, hopefully do something with the NFL if he can. Um, it's just interesting from where the transfer transfer portal has been. Um, I can reference a person like. Uh, there was a quarterback at Alabama a few years ago, and he got beat out by Jalen Hurt. And um, he ended up going to Arizona. Uh, and we never heard from him. No no big moves or anything like that, nothing crazy. I mean, but from what it is, is if you go in there, you do your job. If, if you can't do it, you know someone else is going to be on the, on the line ready to take your job. And unfortunately for him, uh, he didn't make the play. He didn't make the skill sets. And Hendon Hooker has showed that equally through the uh, games that he's been able to play. So um, it's just it's interesting. It's always fun to talk about. But um, it is what it is. And hopefully the guy will do much success wherever else he decides to go. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to listen to the rest of the phone calls. Um, I love the radio station, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. I listen to this every day. Thank you so much. John, we do appreciate it. You know, Thank just, you. It's it's simple. I mean, at that position, only one guy can play, and that's why you're going to always see quarterbacks transferring. Um, it's easier to transfer now than it's ever been because of the one-time transfer rule allowing you to be eligible immediately. Uh, but but we've seen this through the history of time at that position. I mean, that's just the that's the way it is. Um, you know, uh, you, you just. There's only one football, and only one guy gets to start. Only one guy gets to be the guy. Um, it's hard to create and hard to continue to have depth at that position. And, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody blames a quarterback for, for moving on and, and trying to take, take their chances elsewhere because all those guys want to play, and everybody's always looking for a quarterback, it feels like, uh, or a lot of people are looking for one. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. Brent, before we uh, get a break, do want to ask, what do you think is next in terms of the approach for Tennessee as you look at what was once a very deep quarterback room? Uh, in fact, the entire quarterback room from last season has moved on. Uh, so what do you think? They've got a very highly regarded quarterback that's a part of this next class, but obviously they'll be looking for another signal caller perhaps from the portal, don't you think? Yeah, and John, that's probably going to be hard to land one of those guys when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. They're bringing in a very highly acclaimed freshman uh, in Taven Jackson, who's supposed to be here in January at midterm. Um, assuming Hendon Hooker comes back as a super senior. Now, we, we've seen his name appear on Mel Kuyper's draft board. I don't know what that means, but assuming he is back, who's going to transfer in here and say, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to get on the field? Not, not many guys are transferring to be backup somewhere, right, to add right. depth not at that position. Those guys are transferring into play. Uh, so I think it'll be hard. I mean, I, I you know, they're going to need more depth. We'll see what Joe Milton does. He's obviously transferred once, so that makes his situation different uh, than, than Harrison Bailey's. But we'll see what Joe Milton ultimately ends up deciding to do. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think if you're in Tennessee, you're looking for two quarterbacks. Can you get two high school quarterbacks at this point? I don't know. Um, can you get a viable transfer at this point that you like? Um, and a guy who could be a, a really good player if called on in a pinch and is comfortable being in that role? 
Well, I don't know about that either. That's hard to do. Vince Ferrara and I are here at Gatlinburg-Pittman High School, where tonight it's the Highlanders against Pigeon Forge in the final rivalry Thursday of the regular season. Our coverage is brought to you by OEB Law and by Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair. Let's get back to the phones where Mark joins us next. Hello, Mark. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was heard us talk about the transfer rules. Coaches don't like it too open uh, for the students. But aren't these athletes on um, just year-to-year scholarships? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, not heard a ton of coaches, you know, raise a lot of issue and raise a total amount of stink with it. I mean, I, I think that. You know, there are coaches bothered by the fact that kids are doing things in the middle of the season and stuff like that. But um, I, I don't, I don't think coaches are as angry about it as um, as people initially thought they were going to be. Because it, it also allows coaches to move on from players easier than than, than before if they want to make roster movement. So it creates a two way street. Right. And I don't blame an athlete for uh, for announcing they're jumping the transfer portal when you know you're going to get laid off in my work industry i'm going to go find a job somewhere else so uh i you know well they got to take care of number one well hold on a second now i mean not not everybody in the transfer portal is getting laid off or getting cut they're making a decision to go find another job so let's let's be careful how we're presenting that i got no problem with a kid moving and i got no problem with a kid deciding to leave but all these kids, you know, there's been, I think, three dozen kids or more go into the transfer portal this week. They all didn't lose their job this week. or They all weren't told they're losing their job. You're not welcome back. These guys are, lo- in, are looking for greener pastures. They're looking for a better job. And you said before, it's a numbers management for the team. They, they know every year because they don't know who's going to take the, the, the COVID exemption and come back for a fifth or more year. So it's a numbers thing for the team. And you know the players got to watch out, watch out for themselves, obviously. So I would do the same if I didn't think I was going to be doing myself any good staying staying at a place. I guess is what I'm saying. Sure. I, I mean, I don't have any problem with a kid transferring. I, I just I just want to rephrase. You, you made it sound like they were all getting run off, and and I wanted to make sure everybody understood that that's not the case. Kids are making a decision. Hey, I don't think I'm going to have a chance to get on the field here, or this place is not is not a right fit for me, or this offense or this defense isn't the right fit, or the assistant coach isn't the right fit. I'm going to go somewhere else, which is totally fine. I, I just I was clarifying that to make sure we, that people didn't think the suggestion was that all these kids are getting run off. Oh no 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 not not all these kids are getting run off, but they they see especially my gosh at UT the uh, coaching uh, system. People that have come for over the last, you know, ten years, it changes constantly. So I don't see how they've been able to keep any stability they have to this point. So uh, I, I understand the the why a person would jump into the portal. I guess is what I'm saying. Sure, well, Mark. We sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Let's go next to Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Uh, Brent, I'm sure you've talked and talked about the Alabama game and the Kentucky game coming up. Uh, you think there was quite a bit to be proud of about the Alabama game, or it wasn't that way? Well, I mean, it's, you know, that team, Tennessee played hard. They got it into the fourth quarter in a one-possession game, and Tennessee's been there twice during this losing streak. 
Right. Um, you know, I mean, they've been outscored most of these games. I think the going into that game last week, they've been outscored in the first quarter over the last five years, seventy-seven to seven. Last mm. week was the first time they'd scored. First time they'd scored more than ten points in the first quarter of a game against Alabama since nineteen ninety-five. So yeah. there are things to be proud of. There are also plenty of things that have to be corrected, and Tennessee has to correct those this week before they go to Kentucky. Right. What do you think about Kentucky? I think they're really good on defense. Uh, I don't think they're great on offense. They're not as explosive, certainly, as Ole Miss or Alabama. Uh, but I, I think they're physical in the, in the line of scrimmage, and that's where Tennessee will have to match their intensity. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Well, how's the high school football going, Brent? Well, we got uh, last week of the regular season tomorrow night. Tennessee or uh, Gibbs has got to keep winning and got to win tomorrow night if they want to have a chance to keep playing. Uh, if they lose tomorrow night, season will be over. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. You, you got you got several lives going on. Now it's all there is to it. That's true. Hey, Steve, we sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much. 656-9900, 656-9900. It's Doug who joins us next. Hello, Doug. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Well, I'm great. There's a sure way to tell that our football team is improving. I didn't get kicked upstairs till halfway through the fourth quarter in the Alabama game this year. Used to, I got kicked upstairs halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> you know, John, I've hated them for 71 years, ever since I went to the 1950 game when I was three years old. 50 in education, 49 in quality of life. Roll tide. But anyway, my question, my question for Brent is, um, you're talking about Hunter, I mean, Bailey, I'm sorry. Uh, there's one player whose career I have followed and enjoyed every one of his failures, of which there are many, is Hunter Johnson. He, he was rated number one player in high school, and he can't even make, he can't even get on the field at Northwestern, which is a horrible team. And there, you know, he he went there, and well, I saw a funny uh, uh, comment he made. He said he went to Clemson. He didn't leave because Trevor Lawrence was there. They both knew they'd get plenty of playing time. Yeah, right, Hunter. What? parallel universe are you living in and my my general question is two quarterbacks Hunter Johnson Jarrett Barantano five years ago two other quarterbacks five years ago Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett who are probably the top two Heisman candidates right now how can people and I'm not complaining I'm not criticizing I just wonder how can people be so wrong in rating those Johnson was the number one player in the country and he was number our quarterback and he was number one in the elite 11. So just just your general comments. I know this is a tough question. It's just off the top of my head. You haven't researched sure. it. Well, I, I mean, I, I think a couple things. Um, one, um, some you know, a play, how a kid develops um, mm-hmm. is really always up to the individual kid. Um, and you know, the, what, I don't know what's kept Hunter Johnson from playing. Is, is it that he's not he, he's not talented enough to throw the ball? Um, obviously, he was overranked coming out of high school. Okay, that's the first thing sure. that jumps yeah. out. Uh, but but is it a, is it a physical deal? Is it a mental thing? Um, is it a lack of effort for his own development thing? I mean, did 
was the game always easy for him and it, and it kind of caught up to him that way? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're asking a great question. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sidestepping the question at all. I, I don't know the answer to it, but it is fascinating. You know, I think with Jared, there were, and I know that situation better because, you know, covering him here, you know, I think part of the thing with Jared is um, there were some people had some reservations with him coming out of high school up in that area that, that had played against him. But, but there was mm-hmm. certainly talent there. I think the biggest thing with Jared is, you know, he got beat up so much early, played before he was ready to play, and I think he's got a little bit of battle scars, you know. And you can mm-hmm. you can make the same translation with, with guys in the NFL. I mean, how, how is Marcus Mariota a journeyman in the NFL after what he did at Oregon? What mm-hmm. happened? Marcus Mariota looks like a quarterback right now who's afraid to throw the ball. He's afraid to uh-huh. make a mistake. I think I think at times Jared played that way. He didn't throw anybody open. He waited till they were wide open a lot of times, and that caused him to take more hits. Um, you know, there's there's obviously been some pretty public criticism by Trent Dilfer about Clemson and their lack of quarterback development with players over there. Um, so mm-hmm. what kind of coaching are they getting? You know, at Tennessee, Jared played for two or three different quarterback coaches. So there's a lot of variables that go in, into that. Um, and, and part of it, too, lastly, is how does a kid handle adversity? For most of these kids, particularly the quarterbacks, the highly rated quarterbacks, they, they haven't had a bad day. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've not dealt with any real adversity. They've been the starter since they were eight years old or nine years old. Uh, they've been the guy. Everybody's talked about them being the guy. Then all of a sudden they get to a college and they got to compete to be the guy. How do they handle yeah. that? Some handle it well. Some don't handle it well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of variables is the answer to a question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess if somebody knew the answer, they'd probably win a national championship every year, wouldn't they? Except maybe for Nick Saban. But they, uh, anyway, I, they would. They, they wouldn't have any quarterback questions. That's for sure. <laughs> they, they would have. They would have a guy who could play that position the whole time. That's right. Always enjoy your information, Rip. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate. It. You know, part of it too is system. You know, yeah. I mean, what would Matt Corral be like in a different system compared to what Lane Kiffin's doing with him right now? Yeah, if he'd stayed in Florida. He might not be hurt. Yeah, he might not be heard from, right? I mean, yeah. he, he might be, you know, he, he, he you know, he, he might not, not only not be in the Heisman candidate situation, he, he might not be a starter. You know, would Hunter Johnson have gotten a chance at Clemson if he had stayed? Now, he's not playing at Northwestern, so you would say no, but Clemson's looking for some quarterback help right now because they're not getting very good quarterback production. Um, so a lot of it's just being in the right fit. I mean, Hendon Hooker was not going to be the starter at Virginia Tech. Yep. And now he's Tennessee starter and he's on some draft boards. I will say this that I've got out of the guys that he mentioned. The guy who is the smartest guy, the smartest quarterback in college football right now is Kenny Pickett. He made the best decision of anybody to come back and be a super senior. He's going to get drafted so much higher, not because necessarily he's that much better, but he's got more tape, he has improved, and he's going to come out in a draft that's not quarterback loaded like it was a year ago. Great decision by him. He's going to make a lot more money in that first contract because of where he's going to be drafted compared to had he come out last year. I don't think there's any question when you uh, take a look at, one, the season that he's put together and – he just continues to be in that conversation as for how smart he is, uh, the savvy, I mean, you just name it, somebody who benefits from the fact that he's got as much experience as he does now. 
Well, I mean, there's a guy who was – what was he going to be last year? At best, the fifth or sixth quarterback taken in the draft? I mean, you got yeah, that. Fields, you got Lawrence, you got the, the, the kid at South Dakota, you know, you, you, you got uh, Mac Jones. I mean, he would have been lucky to be fifth. Now he might be first or second in terms of quarterback selected. Smart business move on his part to take the COVID year and play an extra year at Pittsburgh. Very smart. And and becoming friends with befriending Peyton Manning as well. Not bad because Peyton Manning helped him by reaching out to his friends in the NFL and say, hey, where, where what are these uh, teams think of me? What do I need to work on? And he helped them get the extra information to make that determination. It's brilliant. Yep. It's, I mean, he made a very good business decision, not an emotional decision. And uh, he has taken full advantage of it this year, and it's going to pay great dividends for him, for sure. Brent, uh, obviously with what Tennessee does as a safety net, John mentioned how thin that quarterback room is now. You have two scholarship quarterbacks. Both of them have missed time this year. What would be a third option, in your opinion, if they needed to go down that route and try to get somebody at least up to speed and ready to go if you needed them? Well, I would imagine the, the, the kid who transferred in from UCF um, who has an idea of what Josh Heifel's system is, is about and going to be about, I would imagine he would be and w- has been repping this week as the number three uh, quarterback uh, behind those guys. And obviously that, that's not a situation anybody at Tennessee wants to, to get into, but I would imagine he would be the, the best option for them right now. And what kind of – uh, of bounce back in terms of health, do you think this open week will bring Tennessee? Are there still guys that you kind of wonder whether they'll get back? Do you think they'll get a fair amount of guys back? I know Heupel doesn't say a whole lot, but what's your anticipation of how helpful in terms of health this open week will be for Tennessee? Well, I think it was a must. I mean, I, I think they desperately needed it. I think Tyon Evans certainly will be better uh, for having the week off to, to work on that ankle and get it better. I, I still wonder a little bit about Cade because big guys with ankle sprains, that's not the easiest thing in the world to bounce back from. Um, you know, he would be the the one kind of question mark of guys who have been playing that have been out. But certainly for Theo Jackson um, and just so many guys who have gotten so many snaps this year, the Matthew Butlers of the world, those guys that are just beat up, Hendon Hooker, to, to get that time, to get the week, to kind of get your body back right, for those receivers to get their legs back a little bit, I think it's I think it's really important. I, I mean, I, I think this thing fell at a re- this open date fell at a really good time for Tennessee because of what they've been through and that long grind should give them a chance to get refreshed and, and bounce back. Now, I don't think Calvert's going to be ready. I don't think Kingston Harris is going to be ready to to provide much. But Cooper May is going to be a week better, even though he aggravated that ankle a little bit. Nothing significant. He finished the game. He should be better. Um, all those guys just to heal up some bumps and bruises. I, I think that's one of the interesting things when you look at the SEC games this week. You look at Auburn and you look at Ole Miss in that matchup. Ole Miss is getting ready to play their fifth straight really hard SEC game. How much do they have in the tank for them this week after playing Alabama, um, Tennessee, LSU, Arkansas? That's not the right order, but they playing those four, those four teams in a row where Auburn's had an open date in there. How much does Auburn benefit from that, that Ole Miss has not had that? Something to watch in that game Saturday night, in my opinion. 
That's a very good question. We'll get a break. We've got a final segment with Brent Hubbs coming up. If you want to get a question or comment in under the wire, 656-9900, 656-9900. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. He joins us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. And today, Sports Talk, a part of Rivalry Thursday, brought to you by Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair, as well as OEB Law. Final segment with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. Let's get back to the phones where it's Arthur who's up next. Hello, Arthur. How are y'all today? Fine. How are you? Good to hear from you. Well, I was just uh, curious, Brent. Is, is uh, Tennessee running into Clemson on the recruiting trails? Uh, not a whole lot. Clemson's pretty much done. Um, you know, Dabo likes to have everything done by June 1st. Uh, or June fifteenth or so. I, I don't. I don't know that Clemson's even got a spot left at this point. Um, so no, they've not butted heads on on too much. Uh, you know, maybe for for the twenty three and the twenty four class, but they haven't to this point. Can I ask you one other question? Sure. Sure. Um, do you? I, and I know take the national championships out of the equation when it comes to. Do you think he's a good coach? Yes or no? Uh, I think he's done a yeah. I think he's done a really good job over there managing his program. Is he the greatest X's and O's guy on game day? I don't know that. I've never been in a staff meeting or anything like that. But in terms of managing a program for consistency, um, I, I think he's done a good job managing his, his program. I think kids like playing in his program. I think that's pretty evident. Um, he, does he do some things that I think could come back and, and bite him a little bit from time to time, like taking a bunch of kids early in recruiting, being done so early? That's eh, debatable. We'll see. It hadn't caught up to him or become an issue at, at, to this point. Uh, um, what we, what you know, what we're learning this year, what we is what we've always known. All of this in college, all of this in football, is about quarterback play. If you've got quarterback play, you're a good football team. If you don't have good quarterback play, you're not a very good football team. And I don't care if that's the NFL, the high school, middle school, college, whatever. The catalyst for success in football is about whether or not you can play at the quarterback position. And right now, Clemson's not getting good enough quarterback play. Is, it, is, quarter, is quarterback, is that, problem, is that one of the hardest positions to figure out if, you know, somebody, if they're 16 or 17 and you see them throwing the ball and you, and you like him and, and you know, you've watched all his tape and all that stuff to figure out how they're going to be when they're 18, 19, or 20. Is that is that the hardest position to figure out what you're getting? Sure. Uh, well, I, I think that's the hardest position to evaluate mentally. I think that, you know, I think from a physical standpoint, it's hard to project linemen particularly offensive linemen when they're young, okay, how much bigger are they really going to get, all those types of things you worry about a little bit with linemen. The quarterback stuff, the question is what kind of decisions can they make? Can they make this a good decision? Can they make quick decisions? Can they operate fast enough? Uh, you can look at a guy and, he, you know, whether or not he can throw it, right? I mean, you know, that's not, that's not the hardest evaluation to make. Now, some coaches get obsessed, uh, you know, in terms of, how perfect their release is or not really, you know, or, or isn't. But I think the hardest thing to evaluate about the quarterback position, how are they going to be under fire? 
How are they going to be with the scrutiny of the position at this level, something they've never encountered at the high school level? You know, and can they play fast? Can they make fast and says when there's 11 defenders coming at them? You know, because when you play seven on seven, you never get hit. You got to throw it in five seconds or, or the play's blown dead, but you never get hit. How fair of an evaluation is that of a quarterback? Those are the things I think it's hard sometimes to evaluate with the quarterback position. And, um, and here's the I other thing, too. Of... I'll leave. I, I... Sure, right quick. Go ahead. I, well, I, and you may not know this answer, but, John, I used to hear a guy named Snapper that yeah. was a call, and he always hated Alabama. Yep. And I, I, I don't get to listen as much as I used to. So is he still around or? Yeah, he is. Uh, and he still hates Alabama uh, as well. And you can just throw in Vanderbilt. You can go on. Uh, but beat Bama and Vanderbilt would be at the top of his list. But, yes, he's still around and uh, loud and proud, isn't he, Brent? Yes, he is. And uh, very proud of his Fountain City boys down at Central High School. And uh, is that every game? I've seen him at every game. We've seen him at every home game this year, John. He passed by and visited with us at the, at the Big Orange County events. You've been there, too. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, he's very much very much around. Let, let me say this, too, about quarterbacks real quick because I know we're about out of time. The other thing that's hard to tell is, is a guy willing to throw the ball in tight spaces? Is he, is he willing to throw a guy open? Does he see it to where he can get a ball in a tight window? Because in high school, you go watch some of these high-profile kids play a high school game, their receivers are 10 yards behind somebody else. They're, 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 they're 15 yards open. It's not always going to be that way in college. So who is willing to make that quick decision and stick the ball in a high-traffic area where only his receiver can, can catch it? Who's willing to make that throw? Some guys are. They go on and do well. The guys who aren't have a hard time adjusting to the college game. Brent, uh, before you tell us what's going on at VolQuest, what about the uh, how excited – are you to see this Tennessee basketball team take the floor for the first time day after tomorrow with the exhibition against Lenore Ryan and, and see Kennedy Chandler and all the newcomers get their first taste of Thompson Bowling Arena? Well, you better take a roster with you to figure out who is who. I was at practice this week, and I'm like, all right, who's this guy again? Wait a minute. i got to memorize <laughs> a bunch of new numbers because there's a bunch of new faces. Uh, but, no, I, I, you know, excited to see some of these young faces. I, I'm excited to see a guy like Muscovy. I think Muscovy looks totally different than he did a year ago. His body's totally different. He's playing with a lot more confidence, uh, being a leader. Curious to see what he looks like. Uh, some other returning players as well. Pr- pretty intriguing basketball team that I think is going to have growing pains early, but I think has a chance to really develop as the season goes along and be a pretty salty, good basketball team late in the year. All right. Now, what will folks find when they visit VolQuest.com? Well, Rob's got more on the basketball team with a story up this afternoon. Uh, Eric Kane's got a Q&A up with a couple of Tennessee commits who are in town for the Ole Miss game. Uh, just kind of catching up with them on where they are with this class and uh, how hard they're recruiting other people in the class. It's Steven Jackson and Addison Nichols. Pretty good back-and-forth Q&A with those guys uh, that I think people will enjoy. we got our mailbag podcast up. Um, and so there's plenty of things. Obviously, plenty more recruiting coming up throughout the weekend. Might have a little baseball for you this weekend as well and um, basketball coverage. So a lot going on, even though it's an open date. And, of course, we'll swing right back into Kentucky coverage on Monday. Brent, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck to the Eagles tomorrow night, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brent. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
Thank you. Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com is appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens.